Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. presented by Wheelan Engineering, where we discuss all things grassroots racing over the course of the week. Our presenting sponsor, Wheelan Engineering, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. As always, here at MRN HQ, where we may be underwater by week's end because of the rain, I'm Chris Wilner, MRN Pit Reporter, Kyle Ricky up in Connecticut. K. Rick, how's it going? Fresh off the Stafford 80 uh, and you've got another big one, Senators Cup, coming up this weekend. So we're just rolling out back-to-back big events here this week. Yeah, Eric Goodale picked up the Casella Waste 80 uh, this past Friday night uh, for the Open Modifieds. Uh, Stephen Kopchick became the first repeat winner of the year in the SK Modifieds, which, as you mentioned, will be our headline uh, division this week with the uh, the Senators Cup. That uh, event returned to the racetrack a couple of years ago um, right before COVID and uh was one of the original big modified races at Stafford back in the the 70s and, and then in the 1980s. And then it went away for a bit, but now it's back and uh, it's Friday night. Hopefully you guys have good weather. As I mentioned, we're pretty much underwater here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. We had tornado warnings on Monday, literally went over my house. I had to sit in my bathroom to take cover with the dog, which was not fun for her or me, I guess. Uh, and it's been raining ever since. So hopefully things are looking better in your neck of the woods. Yeah, they're a little better. I, I think the most frustrating part is, is there's a chance of storms every day. Um, you know, la- a couple nights ago, we did our Wild Thing Cards program and we had a cell miss us by about two miles to the north. Uh, last Friday night, we had a cell come over us, but it broke up almost over the top of us. So it you know barely rained and we were delayed by about 20 minutes. But I feel like every race night this year, uh, there's been weather in the area and, you know, obviously people, people can see that and elect either not to come out to the racetrack or, or come out late and, you know, it affects crowd and car count, but, you know, uh, fortunately we've got all but one event in so far this season. Gotta love this time of year when mother nature just has to be there ready to pounce at some point, but we have to be ready for it. So good stuff, Kyle. We got a big show for you guys coming up. As we always do, William Swalich joins us on the show fresh off uh, his Arc Menard Series win at Berlin. He also finished top five with the ASA Stars National Tour on Sunday. So a back-to-back big weekend for William Swalich. We'll talk about his season so far, his big wins, of course, also uh, challenging for a title in the Arca E Series as well. Some breaking news, Kyle, in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Jonathan McKinney's team shutting down. Came abruptly last night before we recorded this show. We'll talk about that, plus their big race Uh, Round number two at Riverhead this weekend. And plus a look at all the grassroots racing from weeks past and, of course, what's to come. So let's start looking backwards, Kyle. The big ASA Stars National Tour up at uh, Milwaukee Mile, which we will be back there for the Arkham Menard Series as well as the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series in August. The precursor to that was the Father's Day 100. Ty Majeski literally put his name on it when he walked in the building 
and swept everything from qualifying to dominating the race. Some big accidents involved with that one. But Kyle, what'd you think about getting super late miles back at the Milwaukee Mile? Yeah, a great racetrack for him. I wouldn't go any bigger than um, a one-mile racetrack for a super late model race, but a, a good field. All the stars were there. 25 cars took the green flag. You mentioned there was a couple of big hits there on the back straightaway. Everybody is okay. And it was an opportunity for guys like Ty Majeski, who won the event. You had Carson Hosevar finished in the top five uh, to get some extra track time around the Milwaukee Mile because, like you mentioned, we're back there at the end of August for an Arkham and Arch Series, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series doubleheader. So uh, guys like Williams or Wallach, who finished in the top five, in fact, a good chunk of the field, uh, getting some laps around that racetrack that hasn't been raced on a whole lot over the last couple of years. So um, good event, and like you mentioned, a, a good opportunity for these drivers to to kind of figure out how to get around that tricky one-mile oval, one of the oldest tracks in the country. I know. I'm excited to see it in person when I'm there with the MRN, MRN crew coming up in August for the Arkham Nard Series race and the Craftsman Truck Series race. We'll talk to William Swalch about that, too, with the top five run. He is testing kind of for that ARCA race coming up in August. Let's move on to the Cars Tour. Uh, I mean, just when we thought we've seen everything, we had a barn burner at Dominion, one of the coolest races, I think. The coolest final, what, maybe dozen or so laps. Three wide. Bobby McCarty somehow makes it work. It's his first win in two years. You couldn't have scripted that any better. Yeah, three wide pass to the lead, going from third to first with three laps to go on uh, Brendan Queen and Minnie Terrell. Um, great event. Uh, we thought it was going to be Brendan that uh, grabbed that win with five laps to go, but uh, he and Terrell started going side by side, and then Bobby found the opening that he was looking for. Three wide for the top spot. Uh, a great last couple of laps. Um fantastic finish you know they were saying race of the year for the cars tour i would agree with that i saw a, a tweet maybe a couple hours later best race ever that might be a stretch but it was still a, a really really good race uh and that's what short track racing is all about and uh you know we wish we could have more of those types of finishes um in all the divisions that we cover yeah yeah and certainly everybody's entitled to their own opinion one of the yeah. best for the year for sure uh, and the Cars Tour is just continuing to gain momentum again. They're uh, going to, uh, they actually just announced that they're going to honor the Hooters Pro Cup of years past when it comes to the throwback 276 in July. So looking forward to that. Uh, going back to South Boston, we talked about Carter Langley. We had him on the show last week. He's not getting away from Peyton Sellers. They put on another heck of a battle this weekend, Kyle. It looks like these two are going to be in lockstep with each other for the rest of the year. Yeah, a couple of good quick races uh, for the late models over the weekend at South Boston Speedway. Carter Langley won race number one. Peyton Sellers won race number two, I think is what concerns me when you look at the big picture and we talk about um, national championship implications for these drivers at South Boston. Uh, the car count, only, I think, 10, <clears throat> 10 late models were on hand uh, over the weekend at South Boston Speedway. So that's a bit of concerning. I'm not sure if it was because of everything else that was happening um, in the region, but not a whole lot of uh, national points got, uh, gathered by those two drivers over the weekend. So hopefully the fields pick up. Everyone may be getting ready for the big 200 here coming up in a couple of weeks' time at South Boston Speedway. We will see. But uh, the cars that were there put on a great show. Absolutely. And then wrapping up kind of the news and notes from the weekend of pass, Johnny Clark is now a five-time winner at White Mountain with pass. So he's racking them up going for a championship. And then Tim Brown and Burt Myers, the two kind of stalwarts of Bowman Gray, split their twin uh, features at Bowman Gray. Myers an eight-point lead 
over Mr. Brown at this point of the season. All right, Kyle, let's talk about ARC at Berlin before we get our guest of the week, William Sawalich, on uh, here on the podcast. 99% of that race, though, was all Jesse Love. From the drop of the green flag, he captured the General Tire Pole Award, led much of that race through lap traffic, and then something happened at the end. Was his car experiencing an issue, or was William Swalich just that much better at saving tires? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, he caught some lap traffic, which slowed him. Uh, Jesse Love talking about and allowed William to close in. But then if you uh, watched the final few laps of that race and you watched it live, uh, there was a bit of a, a fire under the left yeah. front corner of the car. Uh, I mean, it was uh, it was a pretty good size fire, you know, bright orange. Uh, you can see it going up the back straightaway. So not sure what that issue was. And uh, Jesse never really addressed it when uh, Heather asked him post-race about a potential issue. He was uh, more concerned about the pass. And, and um, it was a fairly aggressive pass. And William will be the first to admit that. But it was clean. And again, that's what short track racing is all about. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good race. You know, we, we thought it was going to be the Jesse Love 200 there for for a long time, and then you know, with a lap and a half or so to go, uh, new race leader and you know, Williams Wallach picked up the big win in Berlin in front of a great crowd. By the way, Jeff Striegel has done a great job with all of his major events this year, and he's had a bunch of them here the last couple of weeks, um, filling that place. And another great crowd saw saw a great 200 lap event on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Now two years in a row where we've had some late race drama. Yep. And if you remember Daniel Dye, Sammy Smith had the same thing last year when Sammy got by with a couple laps ago, Daniel having an issue. Uh, that brings my question. We'll ask William this as well, kind of get the other side of the story. What what was your thoughts thought on the pass for the win? Jesse was visibly frustrated and talked to Heather DeBeau about it post-race. I thought it was a classic bump and run. Nobody got wrecked. Nobody had really any damage, right? He just kind of nudged him up out of the way. When you're going for a win, though, isn't that kind of expected? You'd think Jesse would do the same. I mean, that's what we see across the country, um, while well, maybe not as clean as what we saw at, on Saturday night with William and Jesse. Um, I'd rather see that than some of these other you know, incidents that we have seen in the last couple of months where the guy that uh, gets the raw end of the stick ends up in the outside fence. That did not happen. Um, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I saw it on Monday night in a cart race. We had great competition at the front. They caught lap traffic and we saw contact for the race lead. And it reminded me of the ARCA race on Saturday. I'm okay with it. It was a, I thought it was a, a clean pass. You know, I mean, the track, you know, got narrow because of some of the slower cars and, you know, maybe there was a mechanical issue with Jesse Love and William took advantage of all of that to, to pick up the race win. I'm right there with you, Kyle Ricky. Good analysis there. And that was Swalich's third overall ARCA platform victory in 2023. Of course, we talked about his two ARCA East wins as he leads the championship. Now, on the ARCA Menard side of things, it's still Jesse Love again after winning three in a row. He does pat his lead, finishing second to William, 13 points over Hollywood superstar Frankie Muniz, who still is a model of consistency, begs the question, what if you get, and Frankie's already been pretty candid about it, they still are looking for funding to finish the season, so he's not guaranteed to run the rest of the year. Does someone like a, a Rev Racing or a Venturini take a chance on Frankie and put him in another car to continue the season when he's been so strong in his rookie uh, rookie full-time year? Yeah, perhaps, and, and maybe those budgetary concerns that you mentioned and trying to complete the entire 20 race schedules behind or, or, or certainly in his mind during the race because we never really see him get into trouble. He never puts the car in a bad position, never compromises 
a top three or top four, top five finish. He is always in that fourth, fifth, sixth uh, finishing spot. And that's why he's battling for the championship. Currently just 13 points out of the lead, only losing a couple of points last uh, Saturday. So, um, but yeah, certainly something to, to keep in mind and to follow as the season unfolds, because we get into a fairly busy stretch here for the Arkham Menard series. Once we get uh, into the second half of, uh, or, or we are into the second half of June and now into July, we you go to places like Michigan and Pocono and, I think Watkins Glen is coming up on the schedule. So a lot of different, big, unique races that require, uh, you know, a, a healthy budget to, to keep up, you know, that pace all summer long. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Hopefully Frankie can figure something out. Uh, shout out to Sean Hingarani too as well. Still waiting in the wings in the championship battle with a solid third place finish over the weekend. And of course, Arca back in action. We'll talk about it in segment three at Elko coming up this weekend. All right. To continue our ARCA conversation, let's bring in the winner uh, out on the flip side of the break from last week. That is William Sawalich. He's standing by. Coming up next after the break, we'll talk about his vi big victory at Berlin in the 2023 season with William Sawalich next on Coast to Coast. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. As promised, joining us via phone, it is the most recent winner in the Arkham Menard Series back at Berlin last weekend. William Sawalich, driver of the number 18 JGR Toyota. And William, congratulations on the Arca National win. Of course, you're also challenging for the championship with two wins on the east side of things. But let's talk about Berlin, and we'll start with the final few laps. What were you feeling in the race car? What were you seeing out of the windshield when you started to creep up to Jesse Love and you knew you had a shot coming to the checkers? Yeah, um, I knew for 10 laps I was consistently uh, one and a half to two tenths better than him. So I knew I had the speed to get there. It was just a matter of managing lap traffic and getting through them cleanly. Um, and that's ultimately what held the 20 up and what got me there. Um, I mean, you know, I meant to move him. Uh, maybe not as hard as it, it looked, um, but uh, I mean, it was it was a good race, and it was a good finish, and I was uh, happy for the team to get the win. Up until 10 to go, when you knew, all right, you know what? If everything works out here, I have a shot. Uh, how was the car to that point in the first 190 laps of the event? Because uh, it looked like Jesse was going to run away and win this thing. And, and, I mean, were you ever just content to settle for second at that point until those final 10 laps? Um, I mean, I was always giving it everything I had. I mean, the car balance was super loose all day um, and pretty much just driving on the right rear. So, I mean, the last 20 laps, I said, screw it. I'm just going to drive this thing like a sprint car and do everything I can to make some speed out of it. And it ended up working. Um, I don't know if it would have worked for 190 laps, but for those last 20, it did. Now that we're a couple days removed, obviously, you know, if you watch the broadcast or were there, uh, you saw Jesse and her Jesse Love was pretty frustrated with the move. Now, Kyle and I were talking about it. I mean, that's short track racing, right? It's the old bump and run. You're mm -hmm. going for a win. 
But now in the days removed, have you talked to Jesse or, or is there a planning to be a conversation or, or where have you guys left that? Um, I have tried to have a conversation with Jesse, but um, he did not return my phone call or text message. So it's probably still a little bit bitter, but, you know, I think it'll all be resolved after this weekend. Um, I hopefully, hopefully it's not resolved with an on-track incident because um, I don't think I deserve to get dumped or wrecked from it. I just, maybe a move back would uh, definitely be accepted. How cool was it to get a win at one of ARCA's home racetracks? Uh, Berlin's been around on the schedule for a long time, and it looked like uh, from the the television coverage, it was a full house. May not have been a sellout, but it was really, really close to a sellout. A, a fantastic crowd cheering you guys on there in the closing laps. Yeah, absolutely. I, the atmosphere was awesome. Um, I never had much luck at the track before, but um, I got – got some stuff to or I had some stuff to figure out in practice and uh, I figured that out during the race as well um, and I mean I still struggle with some stuff in the race uh, and then I mean those final 20 laps I put everything together um, that I learned from the last uh, however many laps and uh, put together the win but um, it's a really cool track a lot of characteristic uh, really fun to race on. This year, you know, obviously big opportunities running for Joe Gibbs Racing in their ARCA program. Of course, we talk about uh, the truck opportunities coming up as well in the Craftsman Truck Series. You finished ninth in Martinsville in your first outing. You've got more planned. What's the biggest thing you've learned this year with these big opportunities, kind of a breakout season for you in your young career? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's best for me just to treat uh, everything that I jump in as just another race car and figure it out as quick as I can. Um, and then learn from all the different drivers that are in those different series. And, uh, I mean, just for example, the, the truck racing. Um, and a lot of those guys have done that for a while. They know what they're doing. Um, so it's easy to get some, get some pointers from them on track. We'll talk more about the truck stuff in a moment, but uh, Berlin was just the first part of a doubleheader weekend of racing for you. Top five run on Sunday at the Milwaukee Mile uh, in the Super Late Model. Thoughts about getting around the, the Milwaukee Mile, a good top five effort for, for your team. What was your takeaway on racing on one of the country's oldest racing facilities? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I went there um, last year and got second, yeah. and uh, this year we got fifth. We struggled with being a little too tight on the short run. Um, but, I mean, it was it was really cool. I love that track. Um, one of the few tracks where uh, Dirty Air comes into play with super late models, um, and I like to play with that. And uh, I definitely need to learn that for future. And uh, it was just, just really cool, and I enjoy, their, uh, I, I enjoy going there every year. And I will also be back there for the truck and ARCA race in August. Right, so that brings me to my next question is, is what do you learn about that race and the way the track changes and the way the race evolves to take with you to August when we have that ARCA and truck doubleheaders? Do you feel like you maybe have a little bit of a leg up? Obviously, Ty Majeski, Carson Hosevar will be a part of that field as well, but you guys may have a leg up, right, because you kind of know what the what the car does or, or what the track does throughout the course of the race. Yeah, I think so. Like when the sun's out and it starts to get hot, it's so like the – the new black asphalt on the bottom does not work at all. It's super slick. Um, I mean, you can maybe dive bomb it in there and slide up out to the outside of it, um, and that might work. But um, for a truck and ARCA car, they're so heavy. I don't know. It could be completely different. Um, I won't really know until I get in it. But uh, for now, that's that's really one characteristic that can 
uh, change over to pretty much any race car. Who at Joe Gibbs Racing are you able to lean on and, and maybe get some advice going to some of these places for the first or second time and in all of these different types of race cars? Yeah, um, I mean, Sammy, for sure, for like all the short tracks. And um, Ty, uh, he's been really helpful with uh, Dover, um, even though I struggled there. Um, just the preparation he was really helpful with and um, all the road course stuff, he's been helpful too. So um, I talked to them a good bit. And then also uh, Kevin Harvick, he, um, he's with uh, KHI, and, or I'm with KHI. So uh, he helps me out a lot. He's got a bunch of experience, obviously, and uh, he's been really helpful. Is that surreal for you, a, a youngster coming out of Minnesota as an accomplished late model racer, and here you are rattling off names at your buddies with Kevin Harvick and Ty Gibbs and, and Sam. I mean, like, has it hit you yet that you're kind of now making this big national step uh, in your such young career already? Um, I was trying to stay humble, um, but it's definitely humbling um, and an honor to be able to talk to these great drivers and get to learn a bunch of information from them. and. Um, it just helps me a lot and uh, anything that I can do uh, for my career and to keep going forward, I will always do. Mentioned earlier that the uh, Arc Menard series sets the Elko Speedway again this weekend, back-to-back -back weeks of short track racing. Uh, how much are you a believer in that positive momentum coming off the win? And what are your thoughts heading to Elko uh, this weekend? Uh, I'm a firm believer in momentum. I mean, I've been in it firsthand with late model racing once you once you start winning you don't stop so hopefully that's the case um but it's not always the case um you know anything can still happen obviously if i get wrecked uh, <laughs> that will hinder my chances of winning but um you know i just want to think about that and just run my race and i'm really excited for elko to be back at my home track and um i may or may not be able to take some things from the legend car around there but um might be a fresh restart for me and i'll figure it out as i go and uh warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical underage sale prohibited introducing zone nicotine pouches the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort longer lasting flavor and nicotine that satisfies whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths Find Zone at ZonePouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. I have a lot of fun. So familiar territory at Elko, but looking ahead at the ARCA schedule, both I guess on the east side and on the national side, do you have other tracks circled of either maybe first-time visits that you're excited for, maybe you think you could perform well, or, or ones that you found success in the past and you kind of circle as these are more opportunities to win? Yeah, um... I feel like Phoenix was a really good track for me and uh, the JGR team has always been good there. Um, and I mean, I fired off and practice really fast and got the pole up by like six tenths, I think. So really fast there. And I'm really looking forward to go back there uh, at the end of the year. And uh, I really think any short track is, uh, I'm, I can definitely win at, uh, since that's what I've been doing for the past few years. And um, yeah, I mean, that's really it. And, Every other track, I'm usually able to figure out pretty quick. Um, might need to work on the road courses a little bit, but um, you know, it's not. I feel like that's not as important as the short tracks because there's more winning opportunities there for me. Final question for you: uh, the the next race for the Arkham Menards East Series coming up at the Iowa Speedway on July. 13th you're the championship point leader by 13 over Luke Fenhaus uh is 
that something you even look at? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, obviously the goal when you show up to the track is to win. And if you do that, you get max points. So yep. that's what I try and do. So, I mean, that's, I feel like that's the best thing you can do. Finally, William, you talked about the truck opportunity, uh, going to make an, at least one more start here. You mentioned in August of the Milwaukee mile, what is the plan moving forward on that side of things to get more experience and how much have you enjoyed that transition from running a late model in, in an ARCA car to, to hopping in a big, heavy truck? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've only done one race in them and they're, they're really cool, uh, race cars and they got a lot of power and a lot of grip. Um, I mean, I don't know if Martinsville and the rain is the best gauge, but either way, they were a lot of fun. Um, and they're a little bit similar to ARCA. Um, they don't feel as heavy for some reason, but, um, I've never been on Martinsville with an ARCA car, so it could, it's completely different, but until I get on a road course, you know, that I'll be on at the same time with the ARCA car and the truck and some other ovals, uh, then I'll really know. But until then, they're still really fun and I can't wait to jump back in it with Charlie yeah, so what what's the plan for the rest of the year, at least that you know of now? I know you mentioned Milwaukee. Are there any others? Yeah, um, Mid-Ohio, uh, Richmond, IRP, and um, should be one more, but I cannot remember. <laughs> or that might be all. That's I feel okay. like there's more, but uh, anyways, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a good smattering of tracks too, right? You get some road course, some short tracks, good deal. Well, hey, congratulations, man. Really cool to watch your career explode and – and congratulations on this latest victory, and best of luck moving forward. Looking forward to catching up with you down the road at some of these tracks. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's William Swalich, big ARCA win over the weekend at Berlin. He'll try to go two for two at Elko coming up this weekend in the ARCA Menard Series. Appreciate him joining. Coming up next on the flip side of the break, we're going to look at the calendar, playing to talk about races coming up ahead, including the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour with some breaking news sprinkled in. We'll have that for you. Coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Coast Coast presented by Whelan Engineering. Kyle, a star in the making, William Swalich. I've even seen him on the dirt out here at Millbridge Speedway. Drives anything and everything and a, a career that's certain, certainly blossoming. But how big do you think is the JGR connection running that car under a stable like Joe Gibbs Racing really elevating William's career here at this point of the season? Yeah, it, I mean, it's huge. Uh, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing has been the place to be for, for a long time. They've had an incredible development program had a few years where the young drivers had nowhere to go uh, because the cup team was so healthy and the drivers really weren't ready to step away. But in recent years, and I think in coming years, we're going to see some changes at the, the the top of their program. So there could be some open seats for, for William, either um, at the cup level or probably first in the NASCAR Xfinity series. So, um, you know, he's in the right pipeline, I think at the right time. 
and he's doing all the right things on the racetrack right now. And uh, a great interview. He's come a long way in just the last two years that we have uh, had him here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. So I look forward to seeing him um, competing at, at the sports top level for, for a long time once he gets there and he is well on his way to being there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, kind of a cool rivalry too, right? When you talk about JGR versus the Venerini cars every you know yeah. every so often we get them together. So uh, good stuff on the Arkham Nard series. To tie a bow on that, let's talk quickly about Elko this weekend. William mentioned his home state, a little bit of a home uh, home track advantage, I think, for William as he tackles uh, that one on Saturday on Flow Racing, a late start, 9 p.m. East Coast time out there in Minnesota. Jesse Love, again, we mentioned, has a uh, pretty healthy, I mean, 13-point point lead over uh, Frankie Muniz, but all the stars are back in action. What do we expect now back-to-back -back short track races here going to Elko? And William seemed a little concerned that there could be some retaliation by Jesse. Uh, I think he kind of hinted at it twice during the interview a few moments ago. So uh, we'll see. Uh, William also mentioned, you know, a lot of experience there in legend cars probably won't carry over to these heavy Arkham Menard series cars. I love the Arca series whenever they're on short tracks, no matter the division, the East series, the West series, or or the national tour, and um, to have back-to-back -back short track events for uh, for them. Um, going to be fun. going to be another great race on a Saturday night. Hopefully we see a little bit more beating and banging like we saw last week. Yeah, speaking of beating and banging, we go short track racing for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tours. Your background on your screen so indicates Riverhead, stop number two of the season, at that iconic racetrack out there on Long Island. Uh, second trip, I said, for, you know, for the tour, and all eyes are going to be on Matt Hirschman, right? Is If one, is he entered? Two, it, can he go back-to-back -back and continue his domination in the series? I think possibly Justin Bonsignor, who's your most recent winner there, could be a factor. Eric Goodale is back after a two-race absence. So what do we think about Riverhead this weekend? Yeah, Eric, Eric Goodale has momentum coming off that win at Stafford uh, in the open race last Friday night. Uh, Matt Hirschman has momentum after going back-to-back -back on the tour, but Justin Bonsignor's won the last two NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour races at Riverhead Raceway, and I think he's going to be the favorite come tonight or come this weekend. Uh, sadly, you mentioned the breaking news a little bit ago. One team, one reigning champion, not yeah. at the, not going to be at the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour event, at least not that we know of, unless he can come up with another ride. As of right now, uh, he is not entered uh, with his 79 team. And, of course, we're talking about John McKennedy. Yeah, absolutely. Him, uh, he posted on his social media accounts late last night uh, as I was finishing notes for, for this show, uh, announcing that Tim and Cheryl Lapine, who owned that number 79 that uh, won the championship, as you mentioned, last year uh, due to unforeseen circumstances being forced to close their doors. Wanted to thank them for the opportunity. Again, John's been running for him for the last couple of years, ran a super modified for them, I think, in 21. Yep before going full-time tour racing in 22. And unfortunately, now without a ride. So abrupt, uh, the news coming last night. And so now all eyes are going to be on, is there an open seat available? Will somebody pull out another car to help Jonathan McKennedy? Because it'd be hard to to have a, a, a reigning serious champion not be a part of the, of the tour moving forward. And he's currently fifth in the championship standings, yeah. just 33 points out of the lead behind Silk Bonsignor, uh, Austin Beers and, and Doug Kobe. So he is still very much a factor in a run for the championship, still early in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour season and their largest schedule as far as the number of races um, is concerned in, in a number of years. So he has plenty of opportunity uh, to move up the ladder if he can get a ride. And that's the big question that uh, will be answered here over the next 48 hours or so. 
We'll wait and see. Again, that race Saturday on Flow Racing. You can watch it out at Riverhead as the tour continues its jam-packed season. All right, let's move on to our friends north of the border, the NASCAR Pinty Series. After a couple weeks off, back in action, eastbound International Speedway Saturday evening on Flow Racing. Uh, Kyle, the points battle, just nine. Tarayton Lapsovich, who we had on the show, uh, has the lead over Mark Antoine Camerand. Another good short track event coming up for the series. What can we expect up there at Eastbound? Yeah, it was a wild one last year. I know there were, I think, 11 caution flags in the 200-lap event that they ran um, at Eastbound International Speedway. Mark Antoine Cameron picking up the race win over Trayton Lapsovich in a classic battle over the closing laps. So uh, it's only the second time the tour's ever been to this facility. Another great little short track race, uh, short, short track facility north of the border. So um, it's going to be, a, uh, I guess, a short track Saturday night here for a lot of these NASCAR and NASCAR affiliated series uh, between the, the ARCA series, the, the Modifieds, and now the NASCAR Pinty series as they really get into the heart of their 2023 campaign. Yeah, we always kind of talk about how Pinty's is kind of the late bloomer. It always seems to be when yeah. there's an opener in May, when everybody else is starting to race, you know, in March or, or early April. So good to see all three series in action this weekend. Uh, quick news and note before we look at the calendar of your local racing. Southern Super Series did postpone their Southern National trip uh, as this show airs Thursday. So they will not be in action due to Mother Nature. Of course, we talked about it down here in the Southeast. It's just been absolutely brutal when it comes to rain. They are still on tap for Carteret County with the 10,000 win race on Saturday. Uh, speaking of weekly action, Kyle, I uh, want to start with you. Friday, Senators Cup, you talked about a little bit at the top of the show, but also some news for Stafford, signing a new five-year deal with Flow Racing. What is the biggest impact you've seen with Flow over the last couple of years since you guys been on board? And, of course, now moving forward, it's got to be big for you guys in the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously the interest from or from around the country, uh, and I'm able to travel with the Motor Racing Network, so I'm in the garages of of the Cup Series and Xfinity Series and the Truck Series, and was in Charlotte a couple of weeks ago for the race weekend down there, and a lot of people came up to me and said, why aren't you in Stafford? We watch you every Friday night, and, you know, it's those type of comments that, you know, you get every once in a while that it's like people really are watching uh, what we are been able to produce the last couple of years. Uh, Stafford, of course, the first asphalt racetrack on the Flow Sports platform, uh, following uh, obviously many dirt events that have been on Flow for a number of years. So it's pretty cool to extend this partnership uh, for another five years. It's, it's a long commitment by the fine folks at Flow uh, through the 2028 season. Um, obviously, our Monday night Wild Thing Cart program also uh, doing well on Flow Racing as the only monday night live event so uh, more times than not so uh great opportunity by all the folks from flow and you know we thank them for their partnership and uh continued commitment to, to stafford absolutely well congratulations that's not going to be the only announcement we're going to see out of that streaming service uh, with all of our nascar sanctioned tracks on the channel uh yep. throughout the course of the year i know more and more are continuing to uh, expand their coverage Speaking of races this weekend, we talk about the weekly action. Thunder Road Thursday coming up tonight. Of course, Kyle mentioned the Senators Cup at Stafford. Smart Mods all on Friday, plus Berlin, Jennerstown, Langley, All-American, and much more on Saturday. So plenty to watch this weekend. Uh, MRN, the Motor Racing Network, will be back on action. Of course, NASCAR weekend or off weekend is officially in the books. We are in full bore to November, and it all starts Friday night, 7.30 Eastern time. You can catch... The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, Rackley Roofing 200 from Nashville. We'll have a crew down there, again, 7.30 Eastern time on MRN as we cover the truck, tough trucks of NASCAR 
at Nashville. And then I'm all excited because that means next week I'm headed to Chicago and NASCAR taking on the streets in this highly anticipated event. So we'll talk about that next week. But MRN, of course, is your home for the trucks this weekend, Friday, 730 Eastern. Kyle, have a good weekend, my friend. What uh, What's on tap besides uh, Senators Cup on Friday? Are you making any other trips this weekend? Yeah, we got uh, trips to the New London Waterford Speed Bowl set for Saturday night. Uh, a big uh, open modified race midweek next week at the Seekonk Speedway uh, with the Tri-Track Tour. So a lot happening up here. Hopefully Mother Nature cooperates not only up here, but also down there in your neck of the woods. Hopefully the rain stops and places like Hickory Motor Speedway and, and South Boston in Virginia and Bowman Gray Stadium on Saturday night can get uh, their facilities dried out in time for, for race programs this weekend. Yeah, I hope so. They do, too. I won't be here. I'll be up with him, said Watkins Glen, where it's supposed to rain every day anyway. So I'm <laughs> the rain is following me. But anyways, that does it here for us on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. For Kyle Ricky, our producer, Pat Jaggers. My name is Chris Wilner. As always, we like to thank Wheelan Engineering in on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Enjoy your grassroots racing weekend ahead. Of course, we'll talk about it next week. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak.